Today in our gospel reading, we hear Jesus sending the 72 out two by two. The idea of sending out two by two can very much be called discipleship. How we follow and preach and share the good news of Christ to that of the world. But what is interesting is he just doesn't send them off. He sends them in pairs, in companion, together. So for us as disciples, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are called to be missionary disciples or missionaries of Christ. But when we talk about missionaries and being missionaries, the first things that come up to mind are clergy, religious, going off to foreign lands, teaching the gospel, sharing the good news, and converting minds and hearts to Catholicism. And so for us sitting here, it's like, okay, I'm, there's no need for me to be a missionary. Or I don't have to be a missionary because there are other missionaries out there. But today, Jesus shows us and illustrates for us that to be a disciple, to be a follower of Jesus Christ, means to be a missionary. Because being a disciple means not just to be enthusiastic about what we do, but a concrete commitment to a way of life. Even with our own community, within our own church, there's so many people who want a strong and vibrant church, but don't want to, to take time to get involved. There's those who want, to get, want a church with great singing, but don't want to sing who want our church to be involved in the community, but don't want to give their time to volunteer, who want a church to sponsor many outreach programs, but don't want to support them and their efforts. So then what is Jesus Christ showing us today in our gospel reading? And what does it mean to be a disciple, a missionary disciple, a missionary of Christ? We're called to go, to accompany, and to be with people. He sends them two by two for a very specific reason. Because to be a missionary is to do something, to be somewhere with someone, and to walk with them on every journey and every aspect of their life. To not just come there to fix them, to change them, to force the gospel into them, to force them to change their way of thinking, but to be at their side, to walk with them every step of the way, and to be the light of Christ in their darkness, to be a companion with them in the midst of their struggles, their trials, their tribulation, to be someone who brings insight, a view from the outside, into their struggles, their challenges, but very simply to just be their buddy, someone they can lean on, someone they can just bounce things off of, someone who shows and witnesses and testifies to God's love, to God's light by their own life. So in doing so, he sends them off two by two 
to show them, to illustrate for them that there's nothing difficult about it. Because when you're with someone, it's easy to overcome. Because the first aspect of missionary work is to leave something that you are comfortable. Going with someone else is not a comfortable thing to do. Because they are with you 24-7. They see your frailty. They see your weakness. They see the bad parts about you. So the first aspect of missionary work is already calling us to be uncomfortable. And so when he sends them two by two, he tells them, don't take anything with you. Don't take anything. No extra cloak, no staff, but to just go. Yes, I am weak. Yes, I am frail. Yes, I have my difficulties. Yes, I have my challenges. But when I'm sent off and doing the work of the Lord, I trust in his providence and care. I know that even within my shortcomings, my frailty, my weaknesses, God will still work within me. If I am doing the will of God, then therefore my weakness, my frailties, my shortcomings will be used to preach the gospel. I was sharing last week on the solemnity of Peter and Paul, the life of Peter. If we look at Peter, his big frailty is very apparent in the gospel. He tells Jesus to his face, I will follow you to the end. I will not betray you. What does he do then? He then goes out in the midst of that trial, in the midst of Jesus' crucifixion, People ask him, you're the disciple, you're the follower of Jesus Christ. And what's the first thing he does? He denies him and says, no, 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 I'm not. That's some other dude. That's some other guy over there. It's not me. But even in that frailty, even in that weakness, the foundation of the church is built on Peter. He still follows Jesus he still is chosen as the first pope. He still professes his love for Jesus when he resurrects from the dead. When we're called to do God's work, our weakness, our frailty will become the tools of our evangelization, will be the tools of how we bring about the good news, the gospel alive into the world, because those weaknesses becomes the way in which we manifest the gospel. Finally, we hear about poverty, in which we're called to abandon it all, to continue to just go out. For us today, it becomes a very simple question. What is hindering us from putting ourselves and living out that missionary discipleship in our lives? We have things that are hindering us from living out that missionary discipleship. This last week, I spent the week with our, our high middle school students on their Alive retreat. The week before that, I was with the VBS group learning about the scriptures with them. But what is hindering us from going out to serving them? What is hindering our parish from doing VBS, from having middle school retreats every week or every other week, all summer long? 
What was sad is I heard so many kids, especially our middle school kids, come up to me afterwards and say, Father, I've learned so much. A parent on Friday shared with me that her, her son really hates going to Mass. It's difficult for him to pay attention. He just squirms. He doesn't really focus. He's all over the place when he comes to Mass. But the day before, she asked him, what was his favorite thing so far this week? And what took her by surprise is he said, going to Mass. He never really enjoyed going to Mass before. But something about last week allowed him to encounter Christ because of our high school missionary heart that allowed them to experience and come to know Christ in front of them through the witnesses of the high school counselors, through those in front of them that allowed him to fall in love with Jesus Christ, that allowed him to fall in love with Mass. But how many of us are even willing to do that? How many of us are willing to volunteer? Because in our poverty, we're so afraid because I'm not worthy. I'm not experienced enough to be in front of our middle school students or high school students or whoever. I don't have time. I don't want to have time to do anything. I'm too busy with X, Y, and Z. Playing soccer, playing sports, doing all these club selects doing all these physical trainings for sports. I don't have time to give up my time to Christ. I don't want to do it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. These are the things that Jesus is telling us today in poverty, that we have to rid ourselves of these things so that we can become missionary disciples. These are the things that are hindering us from living out that missionary discipleship. That is hindering us from living our life as disciples. Because there are so many things in this world, my dear brothers and sisters, that still need our evangelization, that still need us to share the good news of the gospel. We've prayed for so long for Roe versus Wade to come down. It is over now. But what are we doing to help our mothers, to help those who are struggling now? We're so happy that it's over now. There's no abortion anymore. But what are we doing to help these mothers who are struggling, who are fighting, trying to make ends meet, to live out what we want them to live out, to show them what true life is? We're called to be missionary disciples today, my dear brothers and sisters. Today. But our poverty, things that are hindering us from doing so, is keeping us from living that out keeping us from living out the gospel message and doing what God has asked of us. So the question for us to begin to ask, and today I have some homework instead of asking a reflection. I want you to go home and spend some time in prayer to see where the Lord is calling you and inviting you to serve and to be missionaries. And in doing so, I want you to discern another partner, another partner that you can walk with to bring the good news to. And in doing so, to offer just one hour a week to volunteer 
and to share the good news with someone. You don't have to teach. You don't have to do anything extraordinary, but to just walk and accompany our young people, to accompany those in need, or just to spend time, just one hour with our elderly folks in retirement facilities and to give of God's love to them. I want to leave you with one story. A couple months ago, I was up in Chicago on retreat. And I was kind of in a bad part of Chicago where the retreat center was sitting. And when I got there, I met with the sisters who are um, in that area. And she looked at me and said, Father, what I, what I need to tell you is this is a bad part of Chicago. And so whenever you leave this building, you need to be accompanied by one of the sisters or a brother who lives there. And I'm kind of looking at her funny like, what? And she, she begins to share and explain that there's drug deals and things that are occurring right on the street corner, right where the church is at. And so I was like, okay, sure. One day in the retreat, we were instructed that we were going to serve the neighbors. They called their, the people around that area their neighbors who are in need and in poverty. And so I was instructed, all I needed to do was to walk and to accompany them. And so I met this gentleman, he was number five in line, and he's been standing outside in Chicago weather in February, freezing, at five o'clock in the morning, and it was nine o'clock when we just started in opening the doors. So he's been out there for a while, freezing, and I was walking with him through kind of the store as he was picking out his things to take home with him. I got to learn his name, I got to learn his story. But one thing that stuck with me and is so powerful, coming from, no, from someone who just sits in the pew on the weekends at his church with no theology degree, with no background in any theological studies, I asked him, what are you going to do with all this food? Because it seems like it's a lot. He says, I'm going to take it home. I'm going to call five people. I'm going to list out all the items I have to see what they want out of that basket. And once they decide on what they want, I'll bring it to them. And then I kind of looked at him funny and said, sir, this is for you. Aren't you in need of the food that you're getting here from the food pantry? Aren't you gonna need this to survive? And he paused for a second and said, when Jesus instructed us to give, he told us not to give from our excess, but he asked us to give from what, he, what we have. And so this is what I have every week. And so in doing so, I'm going to give these people, these five people I've called, what I have. Because they too are struggling. They too are in need of help. And they too are also in need of food. And it took me by surprise because that was actually him living out the gospel message. It touched me so much that that became what I spent my last couple of days of retreat focusing on. He didn't have a theology degree. He wasn't the smartest. But as I was walking with him thinking that I was going to be Christ in this relationship, showing him Christ's love, 
Instead, he showed me what true love means. How to love out of what I have, not what, I, what the excess love I have. To care for those even without counting the cost. And reminded me why I became a priest. So let us not forget. Let us look at our own lives, my dear brothers and sisters. Because we too can make that big of an impact on others. Amen. <laughs>